0: hey what's going on my name is justin shank and welcome to awaken nation with brad Zales.
1: a huge shift is taking place on planet earth people seem to be waking up tired of the way things used to be they are creating something brand new and changing the world we live in my name is brad Zales, and i get to sit down with the next generation of idea makers the disruptors and the game changers everyday people just like you and me from all over we're doing amazing things welcome to awakened nation welcome back to the show it has been way too long my friend dude it's been it's been insanely long not only from when we recorded but since just you and i spoke and
0: so i think what people are going to hear on this is literally just I, i believe it's just two friends catching up which which is my favorite type of episode
1: yeah. The awakened nation is just a conversation. And I love to have entrepreneurs on, especially reluctant entrepreneurs like yourself, because what starts to happen is you have to go through a lot of head crap to get to where you need to go. And these are much more interesting stories. And by the way, before we really dig in, we got to give a big shout out to Dove Barron for introducing us. Um, and that this was epic. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening in, I have Justin Shank on. Uh, he's the founder of, uh, the growth now movement, uh, entrepreneur, uh, number one podcast. Am I right? You you were listed Uh, as the number. At at one
0: point I was a top eight podcast by Inc magazine, but you know, fortunate enough that the show now gets ranked in a hundred countries every single week, which is really crazy.
1: That's, you know, that blows my mind. I look at my stats, too. I'm up in 75 countries consistently. I'm like, what in that? Who listens to me in English, <laughs> let alone Hungarian? You know what I mean? It's uh, wild. Croatia <laughs> listens to me. It's but, wild. Uh, Dude, I'm actually,
0: you know, what's really funny about that. I'm actually currently, I think I just the other day it popped up, like number 65 out of all podcasts, not just in my category, out of all podcasts in India. For Dude. like and it's and it's been like that for probably about a month now. And I'm like, because you know, you you spike, let's talk podcasting really quick, right? There's moments yeah. where you spike up where you're like, oh, cool, some some yeah. kind of growth is happening. But when you're sustaining that kind of number for a month plus, um, it's really this crazy thing of like, where did this all come from? Where why India? Yeah. Did I have somebody on that spiked them to go, hey, I want to pay attention? I don't know, but podcasting is just that weird. Type of thing, you know,
1: it is. I have some episodes where I just I don't know what's going on. Why did it go to two thousand downloads in in you know a couple of days? I'm like, what, you know? Um, so you need to get p- t shirts uh, printed up that say, "I'm a really big deal in India." <laughs>
0: They'll sell like hotcakes, right?
1: They will, you know. Um, but, anyways, l- ladies and gentlemen, Justin and I met uh, probably around 2018 2019. I was scheduled to give a keynote speech uh, in uh, I think it was Berks County. Was it Berks? Yeah,
0: good old Reading, Pennsylvania.
1: Reading, Pennsylvania, and it's actually near my old stomping grounds. I grew up around there, and uh, I was posting on social media, hey, "I'm going to be there, man. You know, join us." And uh, Dove Barron reached out, and he's like. Hey, mate! You got to meet my friend <laughs> Justin Shank. That is the worst impersonation of Dove. I,
0: actually, I thought it was pretty good. I thought Dove joined the call real quick.
1: Yeah, it was. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, so I, we we got in touch and we got together and we sat at the bar and we we started testing beers. And y- you actually turned me on to something better than what I was drinking. But the conversation, folks, you know, when you meet somebody and you just click, boom, like that. And what was great about Justin is um, he was an entrepreneur. He's been through a lot. Uh, He built this business and it's live events. It's a podcast. And you've just now been invited to one of these big festivals called, uh, what is it? Unstoppable?
0: Yeah. Unstoppable Success Summit, which was like, you know, honored, honored to be invited, you know?
1: Good, good. So let's dig in uh, because I, I know a lot of people who are business people, entrepreneurs, podcasters who want to hear your story. And one of the things that I love is what what drove you to start all this uh, in the first place?
0: Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I mean, for me, the original idea and then what it ended up becoming was two different things. And I think you hear that story all the time in entrepreneurship of like, I've got this grand idea and then you have to be able to to shift. But right. what ended up happening for me was not, oh, I had to shift to make business work. I had to shift to make life work. So the original idea behind the show was, hey, let me interview entrepreneurs so I can pick their brain so I can learn. In the tiniest back of my head, I was like, maybe somebody will listen. It would be really cool if my brand would grow, whatever. But the original idea was like, hey, I kind of suck at this entrepreneur thing. I had three failed businesses under my belt. I was like, let me pick the brains of these entrepreneurs so I can learn, not any other reason. Uh, and what ended up happening was six months before I launched the show, my mom, who was in the in a 20-year battle with opioids, she ended up losing that battle. And it completely shifted my mindset about life. I completely mm-hmm. took a step back from understanding what is success? What am I, quote unquote, chasing all these things? And so for me, the big shift for me was, why am I chasing the car, the girl, the house, the money, the... The the accolades, the people saying, wow, you're so great. And the reality was I was chasing it because society said, hey, once you get those things, you're going to be happy. And so I was really chasing happiness and my my big aha moment. And this isn't something that I shared three years ago because I think it was a later realization for me um but when my mom passed away i went on a 3 month bl- bender where i was blackout drunk 6 nights a week oh, yeah and Whoa. uh when i woke up when i quote unquote woke up from that bender and decided to stop numbing the pain uh my greatest realization was not only did my mom die uh because she didn't love herself right people are like oh she was an addict she she overdosed whatever and in the, it it wasn't an overdose but i digress my mom died cuz she didn't love herself but when i woke up from this whole thing i realized wait you don't love yourself either And so thus began my journey of kind of unlocking, like, how do, what does that even mean? Number one, and then how do I do that? And then, you know, obviously put that into place. And so I always say the first two years of my podcast, every single question was for me. It wasn't for anybody else. And and thus begun the journey.
1: Wow. Is all I have to say that that's, that's hard to wake up to that. You know, um, when I was younger, um, my escape was as soon as I could get away from the house, got away from the house. Um, and you know, I was smoking, you know, it was the seventies. I smoked pot and I I realized, you know, um, I wasn't dealing with what was really going on. And I think it's a lifetime journey. I, I, I find it amazing that you couldn't tell this three years ago when we first had you on the show and now you can, and it is that we pass down. Whoever you are, you're, you're passing down the trauma to the next generation with, without telling the person, without touching the person, without doing anything. It just, it's like osmosis being raised in an environment like that, you know, uh, wow. Hats off to you. Um, this realization didn't come overnight, obviously, but it it took a lot of work. Am I right <laughs> What yeah, did you do? You know, what kind of work did you do? Uh,
0: yeah. So first talk about the osmosis, right? Like, but, you know, I'm now engaged and and my fiance has two kids. And the one thing I always tell them is like, you're going to need therapy. But the fun fact is therapy is okay. Right. To To normalize therapy, because we all pass on, we all receive generational traumas that we don't man. even realize, right? Like if my mom had a choice in life, and I always say this, my mom was the greatest mom of all time. The greatest right. mom of all time. I would never trade her for anybody else on the planet, uh, even though she had her own demons. But my mother would tell you, the last thing I want for my children is for them not to love themselves. Like I don't love myself, but therefore we've you know we've all kind of adopted it in some way, shape, or form. Me and my siblings, and and yeah. you know we all try and work through it. But still to this day, it's consistent work. It's constantly checking yeah. yourself. It's constantly realizing that hey. Where do these limiting beliefs come from? Where, How can I work through them? And, and at the end of the day, that's what it is. It's limiting beliefs, right? Nobody told yep. me I wasn't good enough. Nobody told me that I couldn't do. Nobody told me these things. I told myself that. And it came from different types of places in the world. Um, but it's a constant work in progress. But at the end of the day, I think for me, the biggest win that, that I took away from the conversations I've had, my biggest win that I can tell anybody else is like, you have to take care of yourself first. As a kid who was raised in a trauma trauma central household, for lack of a better term, and for most people who were raised in that way, we want to help so much. So we literally give everything that we have to people that we come in contact with, but we never do that for ourselves. And so once you're able to do that for yourself, you can start to realize like, hey, I do love myself and I'm going to treat myself like I treat, treat others. And the first thing I do is I make sure I take care of myself every single day in some way, shape or form.
1: Yeah that that self love component is rough cuz um we you know whatever we're lacking whatever that hole in us is you know what we didn't get that actually becomes our love language you know if we weren't touched a lot as a kid we want to touch if we you know acts of kindness cuz we didn't get those and so i always find it is an ongoing journey the things i've learned about myself in the last 2 to 3 years has kind of blown my mind and I want you to talk about this because you kind of step off the hamster wheel of serving, then going to therapy, serving, then going, Oh, I got I And you, you know, all these things. And when you stop, I feel my progress has, has made leaps without trying as much because I, I stopped and got centered instead of busy. Uh, mm. You want to talk about that a little bit?
0: Yeah. You know, I think, and if I, if I'm hearing this correctly, I think it's, it's that idea of like sitting with yourself, Yeah. right? Like as entrepreneurs, as people in 2023, now that I can't believe it's 2023, but now in 2023, we are constantly on this hamster wheel of doing something, right? And then entrepreneurs take it to the next level. And a lot of the times, the reason we're doing that is we're trying to fix something inside of us. And we do it by doing outward things. But if you're able to kind of stop, take a step back and go, why do I, why do I feel like I need to do that? Right. But that's the hard part. I think the hard part is the realization, like people don't want to feel that people don't want to face themselves. You know what I mean? Stop
1: collaborate and listen. (laughs) You're so right. Because I look at entrepreneurship, you know, both of our roads. And if you have something you need to work on, it will reflect in your business. And vice versa, you know, something's going on in your business. Lack of knowledge, uh, you're not emotionally taking uh, breaks and and facing yourself. You're rushing. You're collaborating. Um, there was a there was a great book out there. I, f- I forget the title, but I think it's "Stop Chasing Money." And how many of you out there that are listening are looking for the next deal, looking for the next? you know, a project, uh, it's called one-off businesses. I call it, you know, web development back in the day was a one-off business. Once you're done with the website, Hey, nice knowing you. And <laughs> so now, you know, it's sort of like, well, how do we build businesses in a very different way? And if you're a single proprietor, you know, an entrepreneur, you have got to face yourself. You must, you have to face yourself because your success is reflected in your business and how far it'll reach. It'll hit a ceiling if you don't deal with this stuff and, and Justin, you, you are a prime example of growth, like growth right now, growth now movement. <laughs> see how I did that. <laughs> I
0: love it. <laughs> um, a plug.
1: Yeah. I, I, you tune into the show folks. I, I've been listening to it and it's a deep dive really into four pillars of success. And that was business relationships, spirituality. And what's the fourth one?
0: Wellness. Nice.
1: Yeah. Health. Let's talk about how you, you, you came up with that because you're already on this spiritual journey, you know, of developing and all, all, all this is ladies and gentlemen is stripping away the programming we received from people who were incredibly dysfunctional, but loved us a lot of times. And even some who didn't love us, you know, I had some Catholic nuns that, you know, love that paddle. Uh, but, but what you're doing is stripping back the layers so that you can be your true self, your core soul, let's call it. The the energy. There's nothing in between that energy that is truly you at the core and what you're putting out into the world. And uh let's talk about that because this you're all you live it. You live exactly what you those four pillars.
0: Yeah. And so for me it was actually you know, we always try and find the blessing and the curse, right? So like yeah. COVID happened and my business halted immediately. Like as a speaker, as somebody who hosts live events, as somebody who does all those types of things and thrives on then getting clients from speaking at these events, you know, beyond everything, my, everything stopped for me overnight. And so there was a, a mild panic. Uh, but then obviously, I think the light at the end of the tunnel was it allowed me to kind of take a step back. And again, talking about reflecting and taking a step back. Uh, and take a look at my business and what is what is growth now movement? Why have so many people been drawn to it? Why have so many people said, hey, I want to listen to this guy and follow along and invest in his things? And so I was like, what does it all mean? And so I used to say growing in all areas of your life. And I was like, "That's that's so vague. Um, and for me, it made sense because it was just naturally what I was living, but I was like, what is it? What am I really diving into? and, And why is it the case? And I went back and I started listening to some key episodes of my show and started noticing trends and all these things. And I realized that every single conversation, even if it wasn't on purpose, but every single conversation I had focused on one of four things, business relationships, wellness, and spirituality. And I was like, well, why is that the case? And I realize that when you find balance in those four key areas of your life, everything else flows exactly the way it's supposed to flow. Right? There are moments as entrepreneurs that we go into seasons where we have to put our head down and work our tails off. But if we don't take a step back and, and tune into our relationships, right, to take care of our significant others, to make sure that the, our loved ones know that we are there to support them, then that relationship's going to die. If we don't move our bodies that our bodies will stop moving if we don't focus in on the spirituality aspect of us, because we're more than just this human form. And we can go deep on that if you want, but we're, we're more than just this human form. If we don't check into that wellness and that health of just our spirituality side, we're in trouble. Uh, And so what I realized was at the end of the day, the people that I've, at least in my own world, when I looked at said, and said, what don't I want in life? and i looked at these people at, you know who are further along by years in my in my life i said what do i want what don't i want the things that i didn't want were people who didn't have that balance right the guy who's got the jet that you know the 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 jet that he can afford but he's miserable in his marriage i don't want that yeah yeah right or the guy who has a great marriage but has a hard time paying his bills i don't want that either and so it was all right. about finding that balance for me and that's really those four pillars and being able to make sure every single day I do some sort of check in or movement towards growing in those four areas, and once I figured that part out, everything else took care of itself. The money came to me, the success came to me, the clients came to me, the opportunity came to me. It was this really bizarre realization that these woo-woo spiritual people that were talking about it—they kind of <laughs> they figured it out, right? They yeah. really figured it out.
1: Uh, I did the opposite. I started with meditation and spirituality and built uh, my freelance business in New York. And so for the longest time, um, you know, I was hanging out with people that I just considered were masters. I I was blown away and you're going to love this. I remember I would hang out with these people and, uh, we would go out to dinner to some really, you know, healthy restaurant. And we're talking back in the late eighties, early nineties. So like, this was rare. I go, how did you find this place? And I would be eating and eating. And I'm like, the food was delicious. But I would find myself. I go. I have to go to McDonald's after this because I'm not full, and mm. it it was a state of consciousness. And you know, my body was dirty. Uh, you know, eating fast food, growing up on that, and I started to realize. Okay, I made that slow shift health wise into certain things, and um, you know, later in life, I started doing jujitsu and things like this. But I always said to myself, and I, this leads into your strategy, by the way, uh, that you did, uh, I always wanted to gravitate around the masters, whoever was mastership and whatever and who, and I didn't approach them like, Oh my God, there is celebrity. I would walk up to him and go, Hey, if you got a moment, I know I'm a nobody. Can we chat? Could you teach me? And you had a similar strategy. I want to talk about this. You wanted to get on the stages and you wanted to meet the great podcasters who are crushing it and and you wanted to have them at your events and you go to their events. And I just love that strategy. Can you talk about that a little bit? Was it intimidating? First of all, when you first did it?
0: Yeah, it still is intimidating. (laughs) Um, You know, and I'll actually, I'll share this story. Actually, earlier today, I texted, I won't say who it is. I can tell you once we're done recording um I texted somebody he's been on he's been on the show and I admire him greatly and yeah. he's become a friend of mine and I don't ask for things it's like I'm not somebody who asks like I'm a giver right so how right. can I support you how can I help you do whatever it's very rare that I ask and I sent a text to him and I said hey man I've got a big ask and that you know I don't normally do this and so even in those moments there is intimidation right like I I probably should have asked 3 weeks ago but I completely <laughs> Push it off for three weeks. So there is intimidation uh, to put yourself out there, right? To reach out to these people you admire that you look up to to say, "Hey, would you mind taking some time out to share your story with my audience?" And I would do this before I even had an audience, right? I had fifty downloads an episode, and I was was getting Super Bowl (laughs) champions on the
1: podcast. Look at Um, you!
0: (laughs) Yeah, that big win, right? So. And so now, you know, doing upwards of 10,000 downloads an episode, it's it's a massive shift. But even like this, the strategy that I took into it just organically, like obviously we as entrepreneurs, you go back and you kind of rewire like, why did this work? But I was doing it organically. And I came from a place of vulnerability and openness and willingness to learn um, and also understanding of not fanboying out, but understanding who they are and what they've built and respecting that just like I would respect my friends, right? Like I'm not going to ask my friend to do something that I don't feel would be beneficial. Then why would I ask these individuals? And so, you know, I started to do it and people started to say yes. And as that network grew out, not only did, were they coming on the show, they became friends and they started speaking at my events. Uh, and there's always that idea of I'm an impact driven person. So how do I continue to grow my impact? Right. And so it started with, Hey, let me have these people on my podcast. Let me invite them to my table, right? And then the next thing was, let me set a table. And I started to do my own events where I bring these people in. And we did some virtual over COVID and then went back in person back in May. Um, did, Did a couple of retreats and have one coming up next month. But, you know, doing those types of things and setting the table. And then the next step for me was, I want to be invited to the table. And this, honestly, this was my goal back in 2020. We know what happened. We've already talked about it. But now it's coming to fruition here in 2023 where I'm being invited to the table. I have more speaking engagements in the first four months of this year than I've had in four months ever. Um, But really, it was the work that I did to kind of build up to that. I don't ask these people. They ask me. But it's due to the work that I've done in the background uh, to get to where
1: I am now. Right. Folks, if you're listening and you're a podcaster, I think this is the best strategy ever simply because it's... It's really about getting to know people and colleagues in your field. Uh, And for me, I'm always astounded when somebody says yes to my show. And I've had people call me up and they're like, how did you get that person on this show? They have their own HBO special and all this. And I go, well, uh, I used to work with them back before they were famous. And I would just stay in touch and supported the hell out of them, show up at their events. And then I go, hey, would you like to do the show? They're like, hell yeah. You know, and it's it really is a business strategy uh i've watched some people over the past couple of years um they're they don't look at the long term and they don't thank the original person that invited them or introduced them every time i do a show i go hey we gotta thank so and so like for us it was dove Barron for putting us together you know and that tom newmaster also who um has forced packaging in Lancaster, you know, he put that event together without those connections, you and I would have never met, you know? And, and I love the fact that we're both from Pennsylvania. We're from that, you know, that uh, Pennsylvania Dutch area, you know, we like the good food. We like all that stuff. And what has always touched me about you is your humility. You know, there's, there's like no ego there. You just come in and you're, you're curious, you're a curious person. I was listening to the Dave Valentine episode before we started this, where you interviewed him. And I just, I could hear in your voice like this, oh man, tell us more about that, you know, how he created these businesses. His marriage almost suffered. Uh, His wife sat him down and said, hey, we miss you. You know, there's a reason you're married, you know. And he gave himself that shot. Okay. In in five months, if I'm not doing this amount of business, I'll, I'll quit. And I love how you were just, you know, it's a conversation and uh, you're coming from the heart, which I love, man.
0: Yeah. Thank you. And Dave, Dave in general is just uh, an incredible human being. And I think, you know, and, and, and part of it is, I think maybe it's just the people who say yes to me and and don't ghost me when I invite them on the show. (laughs) Right. And, And Dave was actually an introduction from somebody else, but the people that end up coming on my show, you realize that they have hearts of gold too. And I think it's just the uh, people like you and I, right? We attract those types of people. And I think we attract those types of people because we are the selfless. We are the people who don't really, we don't want. And I don't mean that in a sense of like, we don't have goals, we don't have aspirations, but like, I don't want anything from you. I don't want anything from anybody that I've come across. And the greatest, some of the greatest uh, compliments I've ever received are when people- Finally meet me in person that might listen to the podcast, or hey, they've asked for me to be on the show. And they go, You are exactly the same person on your show, on my show, in real person or in real life. Um, because honestly, at the end of the day, I don't know how to be anybody else. And whether that's whether that who I am is right or wrong, this is just who I am, right? And <laughs> yeah. so I don't know how to be anybody else.
1: You know, uh you you touched something with me because One of my first really big speaking events was uh, 2013. I was asked to speak at a Napoleon Hill event, uh, Think and Grow Rich. And day two, I was supposed to cover the second book that wasn't published for like 75 years, and that was Outwitting the Devil. And you know the old saying, uh, try not to meet your heroes. (laughs) So I went to this event, and the people I really wanted to meet disappointed me so badly. You know, I was like, oh, they were... The person on stage was loving and giving and bragging a little bit and then humble. And then they would come off stage and they were cold as ice. And I was mm. like, whoa, that surprised me because the you and I are very similar person. I am off stage is the same way I am on stage. And then the surprises came through. Like John Asseroff from The Secret was in the back of the room after I presented it. And I, I got my first standing ovation. Uh, I was like, what? How did that happen? You know, John Asseroff goes, who are you? And he shook my hand. I'm like, what? You know, um, I met Bob Berg there and he and I just had fun. He does really bad imitations on stage. So, you know, <laughs> I'm doing other imitations to tease him and Jim Palmer. And, uh, and um, you know, I just I met so many Of these people that became surprise heroes and i have them on speed dial now and i know you you have that as well does Mm -hmm. doesn't that shock you a little bit that sometimes you're in a certain circle now and and it i know it it was hard work to get there but don't you pinch yourself some days
0: every day um and it's so funny that you're bringing this up now i really thought about it earlier today um out of nowhere i just started thinking about how you know, these relationships that I, I've formed, and somehow how, I, and, and there's certain times where I approach them, um, where I'm still that kid, right? Like I'm still right. that person who, um, I, I don't know if, I don't know if you want to hear from me. <laughs> um, but the reality is you have those aha moments of like, no, they do. like pay attention to their response, pay attention to those things. And I think that that's why I know that one day I could live in a massive mansion castle have everything yeah. I want in my, in my world, um, fly private, own my own jet, do these things. And I'll be exactly the same person. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, man, I pinch myself every fucking day, like <laughs> every fucking day. I go, this is crazy. Like, this is insane. And every yeah. every year it gets more and more insane. Um, yeah. But I think it's because you and people like you and I, we set our intentions to make an impact. And yeah. when that happens, the universe will unveil new opportunities for you. And it's whether you say yes or not, it's, it's whether you can lean into that fear, because every time I say yes, the next thing, there's a fear, right? Yeah. There is that sense of like, oh, shit, right? Like going and talking at this big event in March, by the way, which is three weeks before my wedding. And my fiance is a, uh, an amazing human being for for going, please go do this like, because she supports me at that level. Yeah, um, but yeah, man, I just, I, I feel blessed. Am I, ter- am I terrified? Yep. Do I feel like I'm going to knock Good. it out of the park? Yep. Cause I'm going to pour from my heart.
1: Awesome, man. Totally awesome. Uh, is there anybody, uh, and, and I'll tell you one of my stories. Um, I, you know, I was shocked. I flew out to this one event to speak and, uh, I don't know if you know who Joel Com is. Um, but he was a huge influencer before anybody knew about this. He's written dozens of New York Times bestsellers on how to use Twitter and all these other events. And then he walked away from it all. And now he's doing, you know, cryptocurrency stuff, but he's always on the cutting edge. Like he was that leading social media guy. So I I fly out to this event and I'm doing my thing, which is about cross-generational management. And I go into all the things that affected it. Well, the following day, Joel's Supposed to speak, and after he's done, I was like, I was so impressed, mind-blowing stuff. And I go up to him, I go, Joel, hi. Uh, I'm I'm Brad. You know, I was sort of like, you know, you know, intimidated because this guy's big. I go, I, I spoke the day before. And he goes, Brad, Brad. Oh my god, I love your work, man. And he just and I looked, I was like, What the and I have this great picture of him and John Delemey listening to me just talk about how I learned this stuff. And they're like leaning in. I'm like, I never would have thought in a million years, you know, I would be, you know, that would happen. You know, it's somebody's watching our work, you know, because we do this sometimes in a vacuum. It feels like, you know, you interview somebody, you edit it, you put it up and now you're sitting back and you go, did anybody listen? You know, <laughs> yeah. um, let, let's talk about that a little bit because this kind of work it's almost like a graphic designer who never leaves the house. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, uh, who have you met, first of all, that uh, surprised you that was watching your work? Have you had anybody do that?
0: Uh, I mean, there's so well, one, I, I'll tell two stories. Um, one is not as fun as the other one. So, this is not telling you any of my political affiliations, but I have found out that Cory Booker listens to my show on the regular. Wow. Um, And so that was that was when I found that out, because I I ended up having somebody on my podcast uh, who's friends with him. And she messaged me and she's like, hey, I got a text from Corey saying that he loved the episode. And I was like, whoa, that's so wild. Like, thank you so much for sharing it with him. And she goes, no, he's he's listened for a a while. Uh, And it was like one of those weird, weird moments um, for me. But one that was really, really cool. There's a guy named Chris Van Vliet. And Chris Van Vliet is a great interviewer. He uh, has won four Emmys in the interview space, essentially, and he's interviewed wow. The Rock and Tom Cruise and Oprah and all these individuals. And but but he has a niche in the wrestling world, so he has a YouTube channel with you know 400,000 subscribers. He interviews wrestlers. Fun fact: I'm a huge wrestling fan. I have been my whole life. I I can now openly admit it without shame. <laughs> uh and so I I watched his interviews. I was always intrigued and I thought his interview process was great. And so, you know, he's got a I have I have a whopping 6,000 followers on Instagram. He's got like 200,000. So I sent him a message. And I'm like, "Hey man, um just wanted to shoot you a message first. Love your interview style. Like love what you're doing. Um would love it if you came on my show. We could talk about all, you know, your journey and all the things blah blah whatever." He messages me back almost immediately. And he goes, I'd be honored to be on your show. I listen to your show. Uh, and so for me, it was like this weird, and he ended up speaking at my event in person back in this last May, but like um, to have that moment of, of mutual admiration. For yeah. The, Cause I, I really do look at interviewing as a craft. Um, and so that mutual admiration of two people, like it was really, really cool. Now he's a, a great friend of mine. Uh, and we chat all the time. And so yeah, man, it's it's weird moments like that. But here's a—I'll share one more f- fun story. This was early on in my podcast journey. Uh, I was probably like six months into like hosting as a solo person. Right. I was flying somewhere to speak in an event. I was in an airport and I was eating Quiznos subs, and I was literally sitting there. I had a sub in my hand. I was about to take a bite, and I randomly somebody randomly walks up to me and goes, "Do you have a podcast?" And I was like, I do, like real, like real awkward. Cause yeah. I literally had like a sub in my whoa. mouth, right? <laughs> right. I was like, I do, man.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. And, I do. Uh, he
0: goes, Yo, I he goes, I listen to your podcast every week. I love it. And that was my first moment where like, whoa, people are listening. Like, and I could randomly run into them at any given time. It's bizarre, <laughs>
1: dude. It's a weird world. It is. I mean, this this it's an odd feeling of fame that i'm not comfortable with because i grew up around farmers and you know regular folks and you know it's um some of my episodes are going to get me punched in the mouth i think but you know it it really has been sort of like wow it's a wow moment and uh i take my hat off to you well deserved by the way Thank uh you. and this episode has been sponsored by quiznos uh <laughs>
0: <laughs> dude i don't even know if they're around anymore but their meatball subs uh, are banging i'm just i saying. know
1: what was the bread? We had a few of them in Manhattan when I lived there. I tried them. They were good. Yeah. Uh this this journey, I mean it's just it's just really exciting. Um but how did, how did you feel like that first year like getting getting through those podcasts cuz you I think you're a shy guy, am I right? A little bit. And and so doing these interviews, that that must have been a little painful.
0: Yeah, um I'm definitely an introvert for sure. Fun fact, I used to think I was an extrovert until I lived with a woman and two kids and quickly learned that I'm actually an introvert that lived alone his whole life.
1: <laughs> I'm going to put this chair in the closet and I'm going to meditate in there. Bye. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, please don't, please don't interrupt me for the weekend. Right. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, I, I, yeah, man, you know, I, I definitely, I don't, I don't know if I'd nec- necessarily say shy, but I'm never the person that would jump in and be like, look at me. Now talk to me after two glasses of scotch and maybe I'll be that person. Um, But, but yeah, definitely. And I think the first year I had, I mean, I had a co-host for the first year of the podcast Mm -hmm. and there, that was for a number of reasons. One, um, I was afraid of judgment. I was afraid of people going, Oh man, what are you doing? You're a weirdo. Like, why are you doing this? The second thing is if, if it failed, it wasn't totally on me. Right. (laughs) So it was on both of us. Uh, And number three, what if I didn't come up with a question? What if I didn't say the right thing? There's somebody else there to, to back that up. And so the first year was quite, quite the journey. And I'll tell you what, man, there was a moment, I was probably right around episode 40, where I was like, what am I doing? Like, um, conversations have been cool. Still not the people I was dreaming about interviewing, but the right. conversations have been cool. I'm learning a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm getting great admiration for people that I might not have otherwise. Um, but like 40 people are listening and I don't hear from any of them, like what's going on. Right. And right when I had that thought, right around that time, I was like, maybe I'll shut it down. Somebody from Japan messaged me on Facebook, found my personal page, sent me a message and said, hey, I just wanted to let you know that because of your show, I decided not to take my life. Wow. And it was in that moment that I was like, okay, I'm going to keep showing up. Even if it's one person listening, I'm going to keep showing up. Uh, And now I have a complete and different sense of the impact you can make on a podcast, right? Like I have people all the time come to me and say, hey, I'm only doing 100 downloads. I want to grow or I'm going to quit. And I go, well, if, you're a, if you were a full-time speaker and you had a, a room full of 100 people every single week, would you show up? You would. And you'd actually probably pay for yourself to travel there and Great. get in the room. So why not keep showing up to make an impact, right? And so the first year was such a roller coaster like so many, trying to figure out the tech, trying to get out of my comfort zone, trying to navigate something new. Because when I started podcasting, I would tell people I had a podcast and they would go, what's a podcast? Like, it's a completely <laughs> different world now. It is. So, you know, I, I think for me, it was like, what am I doing? False starts. What's going on? I did everything wrong. Um, yeah. But it was tumultuous, man. And it was, it, and it was uncomfortable. But I knew that there was something greater on the other side of it.
1: It's so true. I'm driven right now by just keep going, man. So, something's going to happen. And I can feel it and uh we're about to hit a 100 episodes probably in the next month or so and um i had i had problems i i had a a business partner uh and i won't mention her name but um she, i asked her to produce the show and she made a lot of promises never came through on those and unfortunately we had to, to take a little sabbatical simply because uh she owned half the trademark and so now we're in trademark negotiations. She's no longer in the picture and I'm just going gangbusters straight ahead, having people back on um, and reaching out to some new ones uh, that are, you know, like we said, I'm surprised they say yes, uh, but the the level and the caliber of the people I'm getting on the show now uh, is really another level. Like, like we just shot up a notch That's now, awesome. so- um, this is season five and I try to do about 18 to 26 episodes per season. Uh, and, uh, I do everything myself right now. Uh, and so, you know, I'm at that point, but I love what I do. I love the interviews. I love getting in people's heads. And I know you love to do that as well, man. You, yeah. you know, cause once you break through that shyness or whatever you want to call it, you you break through to the next level. And what I love about you is you learn. You want to learn. And I think that's the driving force behind what you do.
0: Yeah, it, it really is. Um, and, and so many wins from there, right? Like the impact of people reaching out and, and the relationships I get to build. And, you know, it's funny, like even when we look at our relationship, right? You were on my show probably mm-hmm. six months after we actually met. Yeah. But the reality was, our relationship, our friendship, wouldn't have happened if I didn't have the podcast. So even outside of that realm, I have so many friends that I connected with because of the show, even if they weren't on the show. And so, like for me, that's a that's a huge win. Fun fact as well: I'm six and a half years in. I still do all the work on my show, even though I have I have a production <laughs> company, a team. I do it myself. Yeah. Um. I don't know if that's my uh, con control issues or, <laughs> or what, but, but um. That's a whole nother conversation, but well, but with that yeah. being said, like I still do all the work myself on, on my show. And um, I think, I, I think that I do it and it, it keeps me humble, man. It keeps me humble. Yeah. It reminds me of the work that goes into this, um, you know, because this is the, this is literally like when we look to take it back to entrepreneurship really quick, my podcast is the center of my entire wheel. Everything that I do, I own a couple companies in the podcast space. I own the growth now stuff, which is the speaking and the events. It all Mm -hmm. spins off my podcast itself. And so if I'm not taking care of that in the way that it needs to be taken care of, what else could go wrong? Um, And so I look at my podcast as my baby. I understand some people, it's just a marketing arm. I understand that it's different for everybody, but for me, it's my baby. So hands off.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm the same way. And part of it is uh, I was a creative director and a graphic designer in New York City And although it did a lot of print work, I actually specialized, 70% of my business was doing large scale meetings before we had digital, you know, computers. So I was working in film and video uh, projection onto large screens. You know, uh, sometimes my stuff would wind up in stadiums, Um, you know, a thousand people in the audience for a sales conference, you know, big stuff. So I'm very meticulous about the editing and taking out the ums and the ands sometimes and making the person sound like a superstar. Cause sometimes I ask questions that stump them for a minute. <laughs> so um, uh, but yeah, I'm like you. I I this is my baby. This is truly my baby. And I have a lot of clients I help with their own personal branding. You know, I help them write their books and I get their images out there and all this, but this is my this is my baby, man. And, um, uh, I just, uh, yeah, I, I'm in the same ballpark as you. Um, I want to uh, ask you, you've had some amazing guests on y- your, uh, show Bert Kreischer, by the way, uh, when I did comedy, I, I, we would all run into the room to watch him work. And he always took his shirt off because yep. comedy clubs, a lot of times didn't have air conditioning. So he just was more comfortable going, God damn, it's hot in here. And he'd rip off. his <laughs> So now that's like his trademark, but. I consider Bert a master storyteller, and my favorite is when he talks about going to Russia and being called the Machine. My yep. favorite, favorite story. But what are some of the guests that you just you loved that you got him on the show?
0: I mean, Bert's up there, uh, yeah, for sure, right? And so I always say my big claim to fame is I'm one of the 1,500 people that he follows on Instagram, even though he has three million followers, right? Right. So him and I still communicate through it, through Instagram and chat from time to time and and that's really really cool. By the way, he's ha- his movie's coming out, The Machine. Um <gasps> oh. so yeah, dude, it's it looks amazing. Like, I got to get him
1: on I got to get him on the show. I got to ask him I can't
0: him. wait. Um and so yeah, so that's cool. Uh obviously mean, look, he, there's a ton, right? And and they all I don't have a favorite. That's a question. I, I'm so glad you didn't ask me that. Um cuz I don't really have a favorite, but Yeah. He's one. Another guy uh, named uh, Phil Rosenthal was mm-hmm. a great interview. So if you don't know who he is, he's the creator of a little show called Everybody Loves Raymond. And yeah. he now has a travel show on Netflix called Somebody Feed Phil. Um, and that's actually how I got to know him because I never watched Everybody Loves Raymond. And until I, I asked him to come on the show and until I started doing research, I didn't even realize he was the guy who did Raymond. Like he was already scheduled yeah. for my show. Um, so that was really cool. Uh, obviously, look, Ed Milet, um was a, a blessing and, and still a friend to this day. Trent Shelton taught me that people in the self-development space can be genuine. Um, yeah. You know, just moments like that. But but the, a huge one for me. I'll share this story really quick. Uh, there's a guy named Fabio Viviani. If you're not familiar who he is, he uh, he is from Top Chef. So he's created a huge name for himself. He's now a massive entrepreneur with, you know, food companies and wine companies and multiple restaurants all over the country. I think his companies are going to do something like $300 million this year, right? Mm -hmm. Like huge. And he was speaking at an event that I was attending. So I was going to this event just to attend and be a part of it. And I was like, who the hell cares about a chef? Like I'm Mr. I don't watch reality TV, which is bizarre because I'm friends with many reality TV (laughs) stars. But, and and I think I'm friends with them because I've never watched their stupid shows. Um,
1: That's true. It's true. Celebi- I, I I approach celebrities sometimes, and I I don't care that they're a celebrity. And yeah, for the love of God, we're friends five years later <laughs> because I'm not a fan. You know, I've never watched what they did.
0: Exactly, it's crazy. Like Albie Manzo from Real Housewives of New Jersey. First thing I said to him was, "Hey, man, I've never watched Real Housewives of New Jersey." And he goes, "Good, that makes two of us." And so, like, and he's still one of my best <laughs> friends to this day. So it's just it's just crazy. Um, but yeah, back to Fabio. So I was like, who cares about a chef? Like I don't, whatever. So yeah. I go to this event. He speaks, blows me away. I turn to my friend who is sitting to the left of me. There's a vivid memory sitting to the left of me. I go, I need to be friends with that guy. Fast forward a little over a year later, he's on the podcast. Um, we hit it off. He ends up introducing me to 50 people. To be on the podcast, people like Andy Frisella, people Mm -hmm. like a guy named Zane Lamprey, who then introduced me to Burke Kreischer, people like Albie Manzo, Kathy Wakili, like all these huge people. I made a bunch of introductions for him because he was working on an app that uh, unfortunately is not around anymore, but uh, helping him with a couple of things there. He spoke at my event in 2019. um, But more importantly, he's become a great friend who I get to call what I call a mentor, which means Mm -hmm. I don't want to be a a restaurateur. I don't need to make $300 million a year, but he's one of the most kind human beings on the planet. And wow. I want to be able to, no matter how much success I create in my life, continue to be that kind human being. And so I look up to him in so many ways. And he's just a dear friend uh, yeah. who uh, is hilarious as well. So that okay. so that helps.
1: I think that's the key to doing a good interview. Uh, because if you're a fanboy, I think you're not going to take a deep dive sometimes. So when I had Panash Desai on the show, uh, he's an internationally known like guru, spiritualist. And that was the one where I took two or three days and did some serious research and listened to several of his podcasts. And I said, I'm not asking those questions you know, right out of the gate. I'm going to do something different. And so I found with the bigger guests, like I had Brian Smith on from Uggs. And I knew Brian went through hell. He got kicked out of his own company and had to crawl back in. So those deep dives where the, where the person is just in pain, uh, pissed off, you know, gotta get back. I found those, those stories far more interesting. And, and, and here's a quick story. Tony Rubleski had me on one of his, uh, before podcasting, he had CDs. He would mail out to his, his list. So yeah. he would do some interview each month. And he had some high level people on, like uh John Stossel, uh, Jeff Gittermer, uh Larry Wingett. And uh, he had me on one of these broadcasts with uh Ben Gay the third, who wrote the closers, and uh Jim Palmer. And these two guys, I'm looking up to them, you know, I'm like, these guys are, you know, amazing business people. Uh Ben Gay worked with Napoleon Hill, you know, he, he's he's yeah. legendary. And Immediately, Ben just starts talking about losing his son and still having to get up every day and go to work and and be a keynote speaker and do sales. And then Jim Palmer talked about losing his job in one week and then getting diagnosed with skin cancer. And then he couldn't get a job for 18 months, wound up working at like Lowe's or Target and struggled and now built these businesses. And I'm sitting there going, what do I have to contribute to this conversation? And because for, for lack of a better word, every time I was on all these other podcasts as a host or a guest, the conversation was, do you know how successful I am? Let me tell you how successful I am. (laughs) And it was all BS. And I'm sitting there going, I want a better conversation. And here it was, it was this, this moment of chemistry, uh, Justin, where I just went, holy crap. I think, I think this is what I want to do. I don't want to talk about you know, the million dollars in the bank. I want to know the struggle to get to that. And do you know that was Tony's most requested and highest watched and listened to, um, broadcast. Wow. And I realized that's what people want to hear, man. And yeah, and you bring that thunder. Uh, did you just stumble on that? Or is that just your innate nature to ask those kind of questions?
0: I think both. Um, I think it's, it's an innate, nature for me to just deep dive. I hate like surface level conversations. I don't give a shit how you made a million dollars. I just really don't. Um, <laughs> but because of where I started the podcast from such a place of lack from my rock bottom from like, whoa, was me, all that stuff. That's why it naturally became those conversations. Um, um, but but dude, honestly, it was because I was act- I was asking the questions from that place to begin with. Um, right. So that's why it was easy for me. Um, but now it's very intentional because mm-hmm. I don't I don't want the same conversation. And as a matter right. of fact, I was getting to the point where I was having the same conversation recently and I took off the entire month of December because I said, I'm I'm not enjoying this anymore. And right. I took a month off for the first time in six and a half years, um, and really, really enjoyed the reset. And now these these conversations that are coming out now are fucking amazing because I took that month off.
1: That's the key, you know? Uh I want I this came about, my tagline came about by accident and that is a deep dive into the extraordinary. And you know, it it I, I want those conversations better. It's like we're in a cafeteria, somebody's upset, we're having a cup of coffee and the person opens up. That's the conversation, you know, like we're sitting there with friends. And And I've, I don't know about your style, but when I'm sitting with somebody, I, I don't know within five minutes, we're like friends because I'm, I'm just sitting there going, Hey, I I went through something similar, but let me get back to this, you know, and this back and forth, uh, it truly is an art and a science to interview people, I believe. And I think you're a master at it and I, and it didn't come overnight. You worked your ass off to get here. Um, and now I think the results are showing and your guests are coming into this, this new conversation, this much more powerful conversation.
0: Yeah, it definitely was not overnight. It t- I mean, it took time, but like, dude, when you start anything, you're going to suck. Oh, right? yeah. You want to learn how to play the guitar. You're going to suck. Fun fact about me. I always wanted to play the guitar when I was a kid. Cause I, you know, it was cool. Like, yeah. oh, it'll make me cool. Um, and so I then thought that looks really hard. Let me get a bass guitar. It's got less strings. I'll learn how to play that instead because yeah. I thought it would be easier. So I got a bass guitar, took two lessons, and said, "This is way too hard." And it's I thought I'd be great right away. If I was great right away, I'd still be playing today. But I wasn't, right. and I quit. Uh, and if I took that mentality into you know, the rest of my life, I would have quit everything because I realized that anytime you try something new, you suck. Like I would tell you, I would confident, I confidently say, I was not a great speaker until this year until last year, 2022. And so you're talking about, I mean, consistently speaking from 2018 to 2022, that you're talking about four years of consistently speaking. Um, and I was not a good speaker in my opinion until 2022. Uh, and so it just takes time. It takes effort. It takes yeah. like, how many times can I fall on my face and get back up <laughs> until I do it again? Uh, and especially with me, I mean, I self diagnose ADD. And so to sit here, And have an active conversation is extremely exhausting for me. Like, I can't do more than two interviews as the interviewee, as the interviewer. uh, I can't do more than two interviews a day, uh, period. My energy level is not there because it takes me so much effort to be present, to not only hear what they're saying, but to also go, my mind's three steps ahead while I'm still present in that conversation, Yeah. because you have to keep it going. I mean, it's exhausting.
1: Well, you're probably like me. I listen as if I'm the audience and I'm sitting there going, hmm, the audience probably wants to hear this next part of the story. So let me ask that. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that is exhausting. I mean, a lot of people, if you, I watch you and, and, you know, if you watch me, folks, you, you see I'm looking at stuff and I'm looking at looking things up online in real time while they're talking sometimes. Um, and I think that is what makes you a great interviewer, my friend you know, because maybe you are a little bit introverted, you're listening more from the heart. You're listening more from, I'm an audience member and I want to get the most out of this person. I want to hear the real story. Um, And that's exciting. Uh, Before we switch gears, how, how, how do we get a hold of you? My friend, we should listen to the, the growth now movement, obviously Uh, please listen to his podcast. You're on Apple, you're on Google, you're on the shows everywhere. Spotify, good.
0: Here's what I always say, man. Like here we are six and a half years later on the podcast. I I said earlier in this conversation that the first two years, every single conversation was for me or every single question was for me. The reality is uh, it's still for me, right? Like it's, I'm in a consistent growth mode. I'm constantly looking to grow and and in those four pillars of my life. And and so what I always say is like, look, go search growth now, wherever you listen to podcasts, the show will come up. Uh, Just type growth now, it'll come up. Uh, And listen to a couple episodes. If it vibes with you, click subscribe and come on the journey with me because that's what it is. We're really all on this journey and one taking one step at a time. So there's a great place. And then my favorite place on social to hang out is Instagram. So at Justin T. Shank on Instagram, uh, they can see me there. Please, if, if you hear this, and you want to send me a DM, I get back to everybody and it's, it is 100% me. Um, and so uh, please shoot me a DM there.
1: Thank you, my friend. Uh, yeah, I love your show. It It's a deep dive. It really is. Uh, Let's switch gears. Um, How did you find love, man? (laughs) You're getting engaged, you're getting married, uh, you know, and and you met this wonderful woman with two kids and you stepped in and I've been looking at the Christmas photos and the pajamas, the matching pajamas and everything. So uh, let's talk about that.
0: Yeah, dude. Um, How did I find love? Do you, you, I'll I'll give you the surface level answer. Bumble. I swiped right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so did she, and, and then she didn't. So if you know how Bumble works, you swipe, right, you match the girl has 24 hours to say something to you. Otherwise the match goes away. Um, she did not message me in those 24 hours and I had to extend it another 24 hours for her to actually message me. So I extended it, which I would never do normally. Um, and here we are, but the reality is, man, I wouldn't be in this relationship now. If the time that I had alone, I didn't do the work I needed to do. Um, what I realized was in every relation, love relationship I had um, it all ended similarly. And I realized that, um, I would self-destruct the relationship because I had what we called abandonment issues, uh, because of the, the way that I was raised and I grew up, not that my parents abandoned me. It's just, you know, from the, it took a long time through therapy to realize that even though they were there and loving and supportive, they still chose their vices over me in a sense. Right. right. So you learn that you learned through the work that I had abandonment issues. And then I had to work through that Um, And that took time and effort. And I was able to do the work and spend time alone and realize I loved myself and loved myself alone. Uh, And I was like, dude, I'm cool being the cool uncle, the cool bachelor, living the life, traveling the country, doing the things, and then bam. Uh, And I met this incredible woman who on our first date, she said, oh, by the way, I'm moving to Seattle in August. Uh, And I was like, oh, I guess this will just be like a thing. And then you'll move. And by the third date, I was like, that's going to be really hard if you move to Seattle. Um, Spoiler alert, she didn't move to Seattle. Uh, And now we're getting married, man, in a month and a half, which is crazy. Like, I never thought I'd be that person. But it was a long process to get to this point. But I'm
1: over the moon, man. My man, Justin, taking control of that relationship. You ain't moving. You ain't moving, woman. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, you know what
0: I said to her? I said to her, if you come to me cuz we I mean we both knew or pretty early we loved each other, right? And so right. um it wasn't the fairy tale. It wasn't like the I saw her and I was in love like that. That's bullshit by the way. Uh it took some time. Um yeah. but we got there and we both knew that this is what we wanted. And I said to her, I said if you decide you're not moving to Seattle and you tell me it's because of me, I'm going to break up with you. <laughs> cuz I will not be the person that you're resentful against down the road because it's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows relationships are tough. It takes work. Yep. And so in those tough moments, I don't want you to look at me and be like, oh, I should be in Seattle. And then I, when Seattle is brought up, which is never in an angry place, she's very happy. Um, but I always say it would be raining there right now anyway. So it doesn't yes. matter. You're much yeah. happier here. The sun's out more often.
1: Look so at this. Good. Look at what you got here. <laughs> <laughs> in good old Berks County, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, I, I met my girlfriend and we're, we're eventually gonna, you know, tie the knot as well, but, um, it, it, you do have to do the work. And when I met her, it wasn't love at first sight either. She, she kind of said, you know, took me a while to, to fall for you. And it was conversation. <laughs> she was calling me five times a day. And I was just like, and now I found out yesterday, it was like, well, I didn't find you handsome when I first met you. I said, what? <laughs> do you see me? Do you see do this you, head of hair? Actually, look at this. You know? Yeah. And it's like, and so she starts crying. Out, well, you you were kind of, you know, looking a little chubby there, you know, it's like, yeah, but I'm still you know, not bad looking. You know, so yeah. we, we started laughing about it, but uh, it's one of those I'm really so glad um, that you fell in love, and you have this great this great woman, and you're getting married, and you're doing keynotes, and you're just you're you're crushing it.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. You know, it's uh, I feel really blessed. I do, and I I like with anybody who is is goal driven and growth driven. Mm-hmm. I have to I have to find myself in gratitude at moments and and remind myself right. Like, because look, the more you take on, the more stress you have, the more yeah. shit can go wrong, the more everything right. Um, but I, there's a saying, I'm going to fuck it up, but I'll get as close to it as possible. But like you prayed for days like this, right? Like you prayed to be where you are today. Um, and so be grateful for even the things that you stumble over and even the things that, uh, are stressful and tough. And so that's, that's where I'm at, man. I feel really, really blessed to be living the life that I live and to have the people around me that I have around me and, and do what I do. Uh, and you know, the, the next goal is let's just do it at the next level. You know, let's just keep ramping it up.
1: Damn. That's good. Way to spike the ball. I'm going to ask you one last question in closing. And that is, uh, is there anything we should know about you that we don't know? Cause you know, you pretty much are an open book. Oh man, that's a hard one.
0: I am really an open book. Um, It's a great, great question. And I'm going through a Rolodex in my head right now of like, what are some things that people don't necessarily know? Um, Like
1: um, here's a good example. Pinoch Desai, I found out he's a huge Harry Potter fan. He just went there. He's like, I love Harry Potter. I was like, oh my (laughs) God, he's British. So it's funny (laughs) as hell.
0: So it works out well. Yeah, Uh, yeah. I mean, I've never seen an episode or a, a, a movie on Harry Potter. I've never read any of the books, so I can't t- speak to that. <laughs> um, I did not watch any star Wars until the pandemic. And now I've seen everything. So there's that. Um, but fun fact. Okay. Here's a fact. Um, when I was a kid and this actually shaped a lot of who I've become uh, good and bad. When I was a kid, I broke both my hips um, and I've shared this wow. before, but it's not something that gets talked about often. Uh, so when I was 12, I broke my first hip, shattered it into five places. And then a year and a half later, I broke my second hip. Um, and so there was essentially like two years, three years total of my life that I was in you know, wheelchairs and crutches in the formative years of life when you're learning social skills and learning all these things. And so I very quickly became the 14-year-old who hung out with 40-year-olds instead of other 14-year-olds, which is probably why I like deep conversation.
1: Yeah. It makes you grow up. Makes you grow up. Were you an only child? Okay. No, I have
0: two older sisters. I was actually the yeah. baby and the only boy. So I like, if I didn't break my hips, I would be, like, here's here's what I say all the time, right? I'm grateful for the life that I live. Like we were not wealthy by any means. We were close to poor. Um, my dad to this day will still tell you we weren't poor, but we were poor. We just made do with what we had. Right. Um, you know, at one point, my mom was in a two bedroom apartment and my dad was living in a trailer. Like that's poor, right? Yeah. So You had that. Um, And so if I didn't have that, if I was on the flip side, if my parents were wealthy, if they took care of everything, if I did okay in school, if I went to college, I'd be a fucking loser right now. Like, I know I would be because I just would have been like, cool, because I was babied. I was the youngest, right? I was the only boy, so I was favored through the bloodline. All these things. Like, I would have been a total fuck up if my life was privileged, for lack of a better term. Um, and so, so it's kind of wild when you look back and go, I, I got exactly what I needed. That's for sure.
1: If you read anything about entrepreneurs, it's always your kind of story, my kind of story where we grew up with nothing. You know, my father pretended we had money. We had no money. Okay. (laughs) Everything we had came because my grandmother paid for it because my dad wasn't making a lot of money. And so through the years. I look back on that and I'm like, what drive lack, lack drives us, you know? And it, and also if you read the stories of generational wealth, it's all lost by the third generation or second generation simply because they take advantage of it. That, like, they didn't have that lack that drove them to start a multimillion dollar company or, you know, get into production or believe in themselves enough to have that talent, that raw talent. And, uh, Justin, thank you so much for being on awakened nation, dude, you are crushing it. Uh, I love you, man. You are doing everything. You're taking all the right steps, worked on yourself and you're getting married and you're, you're, you're crushing it, man. I love it. I look forward to seeing the wedding pictures. Thank you, my friend, for being on awakened nation.
0: Brad, thank you so much, man. This has been amazing. I'm honored. And uh, I promise you the wedding photos will not be in matching pajamas
1: you're welcome you're welcome ladies and gentlemen (laughs) uh tune in next week we have another great guest here on season five of awakened nation take care everybody dude
0: i loved it man that was fun
1: thank you so much for being a big part of the awakened nation movement this is how you can help me and our extraordinary guests If you guys enjoyed this episode, please share it out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And let's grow this movement by word of mouth. Our success will be because of you. Thank you, and see you next week.